Welcome to Export Stories, a podcast featuring first-person insights from the wide and sometimes crazy world of U.S. exporting. Your host for Export Stories is Betsy Olam, president of Olam International, a U.S.-based export management company. Betsy has made a 37-year career of developing global sales and distribution for U.S. companies. Like you, she loves great stories. You don't have to be an exporter to enjoy the stories we're going to share with you each month. We're so glad you've joined us. Now, here is Betsy to introduce today's podcast. Hello, ciao, bonjour, hola, konnichiwa, ni hao, marhaben, namaste, and shalom. Welcome to Export Stories 2022. I'm your host, Betsy Olam. It's easy to take electricity for granted when you have it, right? And it's always frustrating when you lose it temporarily because of an outage. But there's a whole world out there that suffers from energy poverty on a daily basis. Today, we're going to explore how this issue is being addressed by our our esteemed guest, Claudio Pedretti, CEO of Green Climate Ventures and president of the Alliance for Rural Electrification. That was a mouthful. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi. I'm Bobby Lahare, founder and CEO of Spoken Here Language Services. We're in the business of building better relationships worldwide. Every great relationship is rooted in great communication, and great communication starts with Spoken Here. We envision a planet where differences in language do not keep people from building deep and meaningful connections with one another. Our passion for and expertise in foreign languages help our business clients enter new markets, strengthen their brand, and grow. Spoken Here is an ISO 9001 certified company delivering on-demand remote interpreting, translation, and voiceovers in more than 300 languages. With linguistic experts in over 80 countries, we are well positioned to meet the demanding foreign language needs of our clients in a rapidly changing global economy. Our clients span many industries, including healthcare, manufacturing, marketing, legal, and nonprofit social services, to name just a few. We translate websites, contracts, product packaging, installation manuals, marketing materials, and much more. If your project calls for audio in another language, our professional voiceover talents can make you sound great anywhere. And our trained remote interpreters can facilitate conversations with your employees, customers, and patients who do not speak your language. We believe our language services are the best in the world, but we feel it is our team that truly makes the difference. Our core values of putting people first, valuing authenticity, and striving to deliver a wow experience to everyone we work with have guided us in creating a culture of quality, integrity, and excellence. If you are ready to build better relationships with the people your business values most, we'd love to hear your story and how we can help you write the next chapter. Visit us today at Spoken-Here.com. Spoken Here, building better relationships worldwide. Claudio joins us now from Florence, Italy. Hello, Claudio. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, uh, Betsy. Uh, Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here with you. Oh, thank you. And, you know, I am so happy that we can address this important issue today. Uh, I think it's very important. Uh, But first, I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Claudio and uh, I am an entrepreneur uh, active in the renewable energy sector. I'm based uh, in Florence, Italy, uh, but uh, I don't work in a Western country. I don't work in Europe. I don't work in the US. The places uh, where I mostly work are developing countries. So Sub-Saharan Africa and uh, Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. mostly. My sector of, of activity is renewable energy and uh, particularly uh, energy access. Energy access means uh, bringing electricity where there are not uh, electricity infrastructure, basically where there is no public grid. Um, I've been active in this sector since uh, almost 15 years now. And wow. I've been doing that in, uh, in different capacity. Um, as an entrepreneur first, uh, I founded a couple of, of companies in the same sector. Uh, as a volunteer in a non-for-profit organization active in mm -hmm. the same sector. Mm -hmm. um, now as an investor, I am a very active uh, investor in, uh, in the same sector. I invest uh, in uh, uh, pre-seed and seed stage startups. Okay. And uh, as well, I am uh, uh, active uh, in uh, international organization, uh, business organization mostly, mm -hmm. like uh, the Alliance for Rural Electrification, which is the oldest, uh, the biggest organization in the sector that put together 200 uh, members uh, between uh, uh, multinational companies, startups, uh, venture capital, NGOs, and uh, intergovernmental organizations. Um, so energy access, SDG 7, Sustainable Development Goal number seven, are my activity and uh, even uh, the passion of my life. Sure. I understand that. I understand it's really important. Um, I think it was recently um, you gave a TED talk at TEDx Spoleto, and because I listened to it, enjoyed it, and there you offered some examples of how the lack of electricity in you know rural parts of the world contribute to and exacerbate poverty. Would you mind sharing some of those stories with us today? Yes, indeed, uh, with uh, with great uh, with great uh, pleasure, and uh, yes, this uh, TEDx um, talk was the occasion for me to uh, speak in general about the problem that uh, almost one billions of people in the world are facing, one billion of people that are living without any access to electrical energy of any sort. Right. And um, wow. I did it uh, by providing my, my, my view of the problem. Uh, and also I, I brought a, a direct experience that, uh, that I had uh, in, uh, in Africa and that uh, allowed me to understand by heart uh, what are those, uh, those problems. Um, Electricity is at the base of uh, our economies, right? In Western country, right. we were lucky enough 
to to receive uh, uh, in 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 our countries uh, electrical infrastructure uh, almost 150 years ago and uh, uh, the arrival of electrical energy was uh, the initiation of a very strong uh, economical development that uh, brought our economies and um, and uh, and the life in western countries as we know it right right so electricity is really at the base of uh, economical development uh, directly and indirectly at the base of uh, a human development index right as mm -hmm. this uh, is at the base of uh, the quality of life so uh, in, the, in the last 150 years, the, the, the coverage and the people reached by ele electrical supply have been improving uh, and increasing constantly. Uh, but still, there are uh, large uh, people around the world that live uh, exactly how and even in worse condition that we were living uh, before knowing the electrical energy. Uh, right. In fact, those countries and those population live a uh, uh, little bit similar to the Middle Age for us. Mm -hmm. uh, living without electricity means uh, not having the possibility to use any kind of tool uh, that is uh, absolutely normal for us. Turn on a light, uh, turn on a kitchen. Right. Uh, turn on a refrigerator, uh, have I mean, an hospital function. In my mind, one of the biggest issues about not having electricity is a health issue. To me, that's that's what I think of as not having electricity. It, yes, mm -hmm. yes, indeed. Indeed, that is one of uh, the, 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 the main direct uh, problem, right? In, if you have an hospital, without electricity or with uh, a, a difficult or intermittent access to electricity, you, the hospital, as you know it, cannot work, right? So right. Um, now, uh, luckily in the last five or six years, things are changing and there is hope to provide uh, uh, access to energy to uh, hundreds of millions of people. Uh, this is thanks to um, new technologies that has been developed and industrialized and thanks to the uh, price of those technology that uh, is constantly uh, reducing. So uh, in the last five years, it became possible, uh, for example, to install a solar off-grid power system in the middle of nowhere at a reasonable price. Uh, a solar off-grid power system is a system uh -huh. that produces electrical energy from the sun, uh, so for free, because right. the sun sends the power for free, and uh, the electricity that is generated is stored locally into uh -huh. uh, a storage system, into batteries. Batteries, it's quite an expensive piece, but also those prices are 
constantly uh, lowering. Right. And uh, those systems uh, generate power in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the Sahel, for example, in the desert. Right. Power is stored locally and is then uh, made available when it's needed to an hospital, to uh, a mill, a factory, uh, to a soldering place, uh, and to, to a refrigerator, and to yeah. all the population in general. Um, so the first things, please, please. No, I was just going to say, is, so is solar the, the most dominant source of, of that type of electricity in those areas? Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely the dominant one because the price is uh, uh, the price of solar generation has become yeah. very very cheap. Yeah. Uh, solar panels are now available everywhere uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. um, this said, there are also other sources of power. Um, for example, hydropower is right. also quite quite uh, cheap, but you need. Uh, obviously the resource, but there are some countries in Central Africa, uh, for yeah. example, Congo DRC, uh, that is plenty of, uh, of it's abundant of water oh. and, uh, and, uh, and the hydro, uh, hydro power can be used. Yeah. Uh, oh, but the, the things with, uh, with the hydropower is that it normally needs some, uh, quite a lot of, uh, civil work to be done right. because you need to 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 do some embankment right you need to right. to, to to govern the the water a little bit so it's it could be complicated why the solar panel uh, it's relatively easy you can bring it in a place uh, with a truck you can install a small plant in one yeah. or two days and you yeah. can even remove it when it's needed so it's generally easier and cheaper Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. So, so you was mentioning before healthcare, Betsy, and yeah. uh, when when those system arrives in uh, in um, in the villages, in the remote villages, the first yeah. things that is powered, it's uh, the local uh, uh, healthcare facility or, or the sure. local hospital. Sure. Uh, this is also what I'm talking about uh, in uh, in my my TEDx talk. Yeah. Um, when when electricity arrives and you and you bring it to an hospital, uh, you can uh, imagine that you can, uh, for example, uh, turn on the light in the delivery room. Right. Simply, it's such a simple thing, but. Uh, in most of the African uh, hospital in, in, in the rural areas now, yeah. in the delivery room, they use uh, mobile phones, right? To, as a, oh, as a light. No. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's scary. Or candles, or yeah. candles, yeah. for example. That, that is common, it's absolutely common. So imagine when you bring proper light, it changes completely. Or when you can, turn on a sterilizer, right? Right. An autoclave system to sterilize some tools, or you can turn on a refrigerator simply to keep uh, uh, some blood. Vaccines, uh, blood, yeah. Vaccine, medicine in general. Right. So 
the quality of the care system uh, with uh, just a little bit of power changes completely. Well, uh, let me ask you something. How do people charge mobile phones if there's if there isn't electricity? You say they like they use them in hospitals and stuff. How how do they even maintain a mobile phone? I suppose they have satellite for for the you know transmission of data, but but how do you power the phones? Yeah, there are in in those countries uh, there are. Uh, normally there is uh, someone that runs a small digit generator here oh, and there I maybe in, in in even in a remote village of 1000 people you will have someone uh, or few people with a little shop where they have the generator oh. so they are able to to turn on the the, the power for a few hours and so the the guys with okay. the, the mobile phone they all come there but okay. Uh, I mean, it's normal for some people to travel for 20 kilometers to go and charge their phone to the shop, and they may they may charge one dollar or two dollar to 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 only charge one time the the mobile phone. Wow! So it it's, it can be very very complicated. But yeah. um, those those systems that I was mentioning, uh, there are. Uh, off-grid power system there are they comes in different uh, um, uh, in different uh, dimensions right you may right. have very small ones that are named uh, uh, solar home systems they could uh, they could cost uh, maybe uh, 40 dollars or 35 dollars so you have uh, a tiny solar panel and then you have a little a battery and charger system. So you put the yeah. solar panel on the roof of your house yeah. and uh, you would be able to charge your mobile phone there or I even see. turn on a couple of lights. Right? Okay. And those, those uh, uh, are becoming quite uh, spread in Africa mm -hmm. uh, quite quickly. And uh, they, they actually change things for the better, but they are not determinant as the biggest system because okay. with the, with those small system you can only uh, provide few simple things like right. powering a mobile phone or a light right. but uh, you cannot uh, actually change the condition of the economy or power the economy right I in see. order sure. to be able to foster the economy you need to be able to power the economical activity so you need to provide electricity at a reasonable price to uh, whoever have uh, a, a, a big refrigerator where uh, the harvest can be stored, right? So he would, right. serve, he would serve the farmer community or the fisherman community. Right. And, uh, and uh, if, uh, if there is enough power to power a, a, a little bigger uh, refrigerator, uh, you can imagine that uh, uh, the, the fish that uh, is, uh, is uh, uh, caught from, from, from a lake and you yeah. don't have any ice or, 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 or fridges, you have to throw away 90% of each. Oh. And uh, if you can sell it, you have to sell it at a very low price. 
but with a refrigerator, you may you might be able to stock it for for a few weeks sure. there. And uh, with some ice, you can once a month or once a week you can put it all together, and then you can travel hundred kilometers and sell it for ten times of the price, or maybe okay. twenty. And that brings a direct economical development, makes big changes in the life of those people and those family, and indirectly in the whole community. So actually, electricity brings directly economical development. The farmers, mm -hmm. uh, they, they harvest uh, some vegetable, but without refrigerator, with uh, this uh, climate that they have there, in one or two days, they have to sell everything. Otherwise, they have to throw it away. Right. And normally, 90% of the harvest is, is uh, scrapped for this reason. Uh -huh. And they are the same. If they can keep it in refrigerator, then right. they can sell all of it. And, and it change their economics change completely. So right. those little bit bigger systems that we call microgrips, they uh, actually bring uh, development uh, in the economies of those people, and they actually change their lives. I can see that, absolutely. And is that part of what Green Climate Ventures does, is help bring those type of systems into these communities? Uh, yes, um, Climate Ventures that, does that indirectly. Uh, as an investor, so we are not uh, working directly in those uh, in those okay. um, places. I used to do that before with my own company, but yeah. uh, I don't have that company anymore. Uh, but Green Climate Ventures, we invest in this uh, in in this business environment, which uh, is called energy access and rural electrification. Uh, which is in big development because those um, lowering of price that has been yeah. happening in the last year, it's uh, make it possible uh, to for the market to scale. And uh, also this market uh, is as well uh, a great priority for the international community, for the United Nations, for the US as well. Right. Uh, for the European community, and uh, we are all subsidizing as Western country uh, the market in, in in this market in developing countries. So it's a, it's a it's a growing business. So there are many companies, even African companies, that are installing those systems, that are selling the technology that are installing refrigerators, that are selling those small solar home system. Right. Some other companies are um, working on the mobile payment system uh, on different right. technology that allows this market uh, to, uh, to, to grow right. and to bring uh, electricity to those people. My company, it's an investment vehicle, an impact investment vehicle I see. Uh, that invest in the technology in the companies that are active in this uh, in this market. And uh, Betsy, what we look for is not only a return on uh, the on our investment in terms of financial, but also in terms of impact. 
because yeah. for us is important that uh, the investment that we make are bringing a positive impact in the life of those people. Uh, right. Making money is not enough or it's even not important. Uh, something you, else is important for us. Do you see um, the Sub-Saharan Africa as um, a market that's going to grow and grow and become more important in the future? I mean, what do, what do you see as the future for that area, assuming that uh, there will be more investment in this rural electrification? Yeah, the, there, is, uh, there is no doubt that uh, those people uh, living in those community without electricity, they, they will receive access to energy in the next uh, uh, decades and the following. So hundreds of millions of people will receive access to energy. And uh, uh, due to different factor, but wow. uh, it's going to be an immense uh, market for whoever work in the energy access, right? Uh, but also those community are becoming a, a market in general because those are growing economies. Are most are most of the people in these rural areas open to and desirous of this kind of technology and growth? I mean, I would imagine there's a few peoples that would rather just not you know move move into that direction but but what are you saying are you saying for the most part there's there's desire for this kind of uh, modernization absolutely the, there is desire for this modernization because uh, unfortunately in most of those country uh, most of those country are affected to uh, terrible problems right which mm -hmm cannot be faced without uh, without electricity for example yeah. the entire region of the sahel mm -hmm. uh, which is already not a very uh, easy place where to be but uh, right. po yeah. entire population has been living there <coughs> for for centuries and yeah and um but uh, a climate change is making impossible to live uh, in some of those places and uh, uh, the land is becoming too dry it's not raining there are terrible drafts right. the entire lake chad for example is going to this to disappear so the oh, people man. cannot uh, cannot uh, the fishermen cannot catch fishes uh, right. people don't have to eat don't have to drink uh, electricity can partially solve those problems right if electricity mm -hmm. is generated to renewable energy uh, then we are able to address some uh, some of those uh, some of those problems and um, many of the people that live in this country they are forced to leave their countries and they will be forced in millions right and they yeah will come will come uh, to to europe uh, obviously right. Right. but most most of those people they they don't want to leave uh, their places right 
um, there are many I can I can mention uh, many many examples of um, persons that uh, were about to leave from their village. Okay. Uh, and some of them were already on their way or they were already in Europe. And uh, But once electricity has arrived in their place, they wanted to stay. They were able to open uh, a little restaurant, a little economical activity, or simply have a decent life for their kids. Maybe they, they, yeah. they don't even want to uh, or wish to, to, to be rich, right? They just want to have a decent life and that sure. most of the time is sufficient for them to to stay in their place right. electricity most of the time makes the difference between a decent decent life and a non-decent life sure now is there a way if you bring electricity that you can create water or bring water or is there, a, is there a relationship between electricity and um, increasing water uh, access? Yes, absolutely. Um, How does that work? Yes, there are, uh, okay, there are two, uh, two technology that uh, allow to, uh, to, to solve the problem of, of water. The first one is, uh, solar pumping right there are some okay. uh, water pumps that are powered directly from the sun okay so uh, it's uh, those are pumps that are placed in the well deep okay. down the well uh, oh. and then there is a cable that goes up and uh, uh -huh. up outside the well there is a solar panel or several solar panels okay and and uh, and those are extremely efficient. So through the through the electricity generated from the sun, the pump is powered, and uh, the water is pumped out uh, in uh, okay. an extremely efficient manner. Okay. And uh, otherwise, they would use diesel to pump out the water from the wells, and that is extremely yeah. expensive. Extremely right. expensive. Right. Right. That's one of the topic, um, mm -hmm. but another important topic is uh, water purification. Okay. Many yeah. times, um, the water that is available, even when pumped out from a well, is contaminated and is not sure. drinkable. Right. Uh, there are some technologies now, um, for example, reverse osmosis technology. It's, uh, it's uh, water purification, um, which is not new. Uh, it yeah. has been there since a while, but now it has been industrialized and integrated with solar power. So you can have a, a reverse osmosis system, even yeah. a small one powered uh -huh. from the sun. And if you have dirt water, the uh -huh. system clean it and you can drink it. I love it. I love it. That's yeah. that's very exciting. Um, so um, let me ask you something. Um, has there th these efforts have they been affected by the inflated price of oil that's happening right now due to you know economic and political phenomena? Does that affect uh, what you're doing? The price of oil? Uh, 
I mean, not uh, it does not have an effect, uh, direct effect for the moment for for what we are doing. Uh, uh, I'm sure the price of oil it does have uh, an effect on the people that need oil to to yeah. to power their homes or to power a village right. or to power water out of the well. Uh, right. as, as the price of oil increase, uh, immediately many people are going to suffer. That's right. for sure. Yes. Uh, the good things of those system, once installed solar system, yeah. is that they are totally independent from uh, this kind of issue because okay. the fact that the power is generated does not depend anymore from oil, but just okay. from the availability of the sun. Right. Why? So once, once you have installed installed one of those systems, then you are independent from this kind of external uh, uh, influence. Okay. Um, installing those system is not easy because uh, they are the price is reducing. It's still expensive. So yeah. <coughs> there are some um, some company normally. Uh, Western company, which are um, project de de developers, and uh, and then uh, um, and they develop the project there, and then they become independent power producer. So they have actually to uh, purchase those system, those assets that have uh, uh, quite an expensive uh, price. Even, right. even though the price is lowering, but if you want to power, for example, to give you some number, a village of a few thousand people, you may need easily a few hundred thousand euros of capex to install uh, the plant. Yeah. And those money uh, would come partially from uh, uh, international uh, grants or subsidies, mm -hmm. as I right. mentioned before. But the other, they have to come from private capital. So you need investor, you need to invest yourself. And uh, luckily, there are more and more companies that are going in those countries to do this work. It's yeah. very risky for many reasons, but uh, it's, uh, it's very useful and can be extremely, extremely rewarding as well. Sure. Uh, there are also many companies from the US that uh, that are doing uh, this work and you're are you partnering with some of these companies to to you know further the work uh definitely i i i have many friends in the us that are working <laughs> uh, in africa and yeah. actually i would say that the pioneers in the sector are from from the us the, uh, which the ones the i'm sorry the the Pioneers. The ah, first one, okay. The, oh. the first, the first company that delivered a microgrid system in Africa and uh -huh. and uh, ran it uh, uh -huh. through the model of micro utilities, yeah. were and are uh, American companies. This is because in in the U.S. you have uh, uh, already. Uh, quite a lot of uh, uh, bigger microgrids, right? Uh, right? So you have already those technologies that are used uh, 
uh, in different uh, in different uh, sector in the military sector, uh, sure. but also they are used in uh, university now, uh, yeah. and uh, in the in the airport in the healthcare hospitals. Yeah, yeah. So, huh? Um, well, that that makes me feel good <laughs> that we're part of the the progress that's being made. So um, what I'd like to do now is let you tell us some stories that exemplify the issue and how, you know, how is the work that you're doing is so important. Uh, maybe we can start with your story. I know you have a personal story uh, that has to do with healthcare that uh, I'd love for you to share with our listeners. Yeah, thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure. Um, although it's not an happy story, uh, <laughs> but it, at the end it it uh, it it ended uh, quite okay. It could have been much worse, but right. I'm 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 happy. I'm very happy to to tell it. And um, yes, with uh, with uh, Betsy, with my old uh, company, which was a system integrator. So one of those company that actually was yeah. integrating uh, those uh, microgrids, uh -huh. those off-grid solar system. And then uh, uh, we were installing it into Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in, in Angola, in the south, mm -hmm. in the south of Africa. Uh, Angola, the, it's a beautiful country, a former Portuguese colony, mm -hmm. and um, I was um, in deep in the south in a semi-desertic area, and we were installing uh, one of those microgrid system uh, in a, in a rural hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, this area was uh, is still an area heavily affected by draft so actually there is no clean water there to drink it's, mm. it's terrible yeah uh, th those are the places where you have uh, local uh, people drinking uh, really water that is uh, brown because oh. it's full of it's yeah. full of uh, of, uh, of soil there. Yes. so the the kids they get all those diseases, right, in, in their yes. in their body, and and uh, and it's terrible. Uh, but those those uh, the arrival of electricity, it's it's something that can change completely, right, the, the, right. the situation because it allows you to pull up the water a little bit uh, better and don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, contaminate it. It's something very simple. Um, one of these hospitals, this hospital where we were working was uh, powered by a diesel generator, which was up, was up only a few hours, few hours mm -hmm. per day. Uh, and, and this hospital was full of these uh, kids with their mothers, right, mostly. Uh, that were receiving some uh, some time, some type of uh, uh, cures, mm -hmm. uh, but without electricity, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a struggle. So uh, we did our work there. 
we were very happy and we were exploring the surrounding, which is a beautiful semi-desertic with baobabs. It's full of baobab trees. Okay. Uh, those huge, enormous, uh, beautiful yeah. trees that yeah. can have hundreds of years, right? <laughs> and um, at one moment, I, uh, we stopped it. We had a Land Rover, a truck, and I was on the back and I jumped it out. It was a very uh, stupid incident. And I put my foot in the wrong position and I had mm. my, my tibial bone broken. Which is quite a complicated uh, yeah. uh, injury, right? Right. Uh, but, but still, if you are in the US or you are in Europe, uh, it's bad, it's painful, but it doesn't, uh, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's, uh, right. it's not yeah. easy, but in, in, uh, in one or two days, they, they get uh, an operation right. or, or even if you're like, lucky, you don't even get an operation, but anyway, they fix your leg and yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's solved uh, relatively easy. But there in the middle of nowhere, uh, you had uh, no mobile coverage because in the rural areas, you don't always have mobile coverage, right? So uh, the, my friends, they, they put me on the back on the, on the Land Rover. Yeah. And, uh, and then we started to drive to, to the remote hospital where we were working. Uh, it took a few hours to go there. Then we arrived there. Um, and of course they said, no, we can't do anything here. Oh my gosh. There is, there is nothing for this kind of, uh, for this kind of uh, issue, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they did not have power, so they did not have X-ray. X-ray is the first things that you need. So they say, you have to drive through uh, the biggest town, uh, closer town. Yeah. The name is Onjiva. Okay. Which was few hours drive. Oh no! You must have been in so much pain. I can't even imagine. Indeed, it was uh, it was uh, terrible. Of course, in the hospital, they keep they don't have their painkillers, right? Oh, uh, they they don't have it. So we drove for several hours to the to the main hospital. And um, I was not alone there. I was with another lady, which has another injury at the bone. Yeah. Um, and um, and then we arrived to the hospital, the biggest, the bigger hospital, and um, we they they had an X-ray machine, a very old X-ray machine, uh, something that you have seen maybe thirty or forty years ago. Goodness. And uh, yeah, we tried to do the X-ray machine, um, but uh, the light was coming and going, so it took several hours. Uh, they did not have any painkiller there as well. Oh my and gosh! So they finally we we received this X-ray, and it was uh, it was clear that uh, the. The, the, the tibial bone was uh, broken. So they said, you need to have this special uh, man maneuver, uh, which uh -huh. I can recall the name. You have to, yeah. basically, they had to put my uh, yeah. bone straight, right? Right. 
and they say you have to choose or you do this without uh, a painkiller or, or or you may lose your leg oh my and, gosh and so we went in the emergency room and um and there it was uh, most of the time it was without electricity because light was coming and going and there right. were many other people in much worse condition than me yeah and uh, and there I had to receive this um, fracture reduction. Yeah. This procedure for maybe a couple of hours. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then, anyway, I had to spend uh, uh, two or three days in the hospital, which mm -hmm. was not fun. Uh, people were dying in the night, oh, in the good. day there. It was completely full of people. Mm -hmm. And um, and finally, um, they they my insurance after three yeah. days, they yeah. offered me to receive uh, surgery in, in the capital. Yeah. Uh, but uh, luckily, I I refused it and I came back with a broken yeah. leg to Europe. Yeah. But that. It, it was, I mean, it was complicated, but that uh, factor reduction that was very painful actually worked it because I had my leg put straight and secure yeah. it so yeah. I could move a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but no, this is, it was a very bad adventure. Um, I mean, uh, it's a painful story. <laughs> it's probably painful for you to retell it. I appreciate it. But I just think it exemplifies to people that, I mean, a lot, we all take our electricity for granted, those of us that have it, uh, you know, readily accessible. I think we need to think about where there isn't electricity and, and what it can mean uh, for, you know, people, people living in those areas. So, Thank you for retelling that. Yeah. Sorry, no, at no, least no. it has a good uh, result at the end. So. Yes. But, yes. When when I arrived in Italy, Betsy, I received a good surgery, yeah. uh, and and it worked quite well. So I was uh, I considered myself lucky. But as you say, this condition uh, is the same, exactly the same that many people live in. Uh, and they are not lucky like me. They cannot right. take a plane and come back to Europe. Right. They have to stay there. Uh, they may lose their legs or whatever. They cannot. Uh, and a fracture, uh, a bone fracture is still a relatively easy problem. You can imagine having this kind of hospital with yeah. a bigger issue. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's oh, like- Oh, definitely. A, like living in the middle age, right? right. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, before I let you go, do you have any other stories that you want to share with us? Uh, I mean, you've, you've given us a really good picture of, of what's at stake and what, what's being done. Um, we're going to, of course, we're going to post uh, links to your a company and the Alliance for Rural Electrification so people can learn more about it. But if you have any other stories, you're welcome to share those with us. Yeah, 
uh, perhaps uh, something that I mentioned, uh, I mentioned it before. Uh -huh. uh, I told you that people uh, that uh, they uh, most of the people they don't want to leave their their villages right. when electricity arrives. And there is a story from um, uh, a guy from a village in Mali. Okay. And uh, he was uh, uh, one of these guys that uh, right they grew up in these uh, in these um, villages and they see uh, the quality of life uh, which was not uh, rich probably already but they see it deteriorating because of the climate change of draft mm -hmm. and uh, and they see the uh, the advanced uh, advancement of uh, the desert mm -hmm. uh, and they see quality of life uh, dropping and so yes. they see no hope for their children and uh, yeah. you can imagine a person of 20, 25 years old, 30, uh, they decide to leave. And they, they heard, they hear a lot of story from Europe on how we live here. So they want to come over to have a better hope. And, uh, and so there was this guy, uh, can't remember the name now, but uh, uh, he was living from, uh, from the village and he, he had, uh, started this very long travel, which takes sometimes uh, years, years, because they wow. have to. It's an they have to take illegal route, right? So it's not okay. easy at all for them. It's a nightmare as well and very expensive. Anyway, he was already on his way through uh, through through Senegal, because mm -hmm. that's where they passed. But uh, when he heard that from some people that he knew that um, in his village, after a few months that he left, electricity has arrived, uh, he decided to come back. Oh. He said, okay, I'm, I'm not leaving uh, anymore. I tried there and uh, I try to, to see what happened. If, uh, if, uh, if I go there and I, I take my chance to beat my life there. Yeah. So he came back and uh, he opened uh, a small uh, restaurant, a small rocker restaurant, thanks uh -huh. to the electricity that could power a refrigerator and some lights. And, uh, and now he is uh, quite successful in his community because he have, I believe, two or three restaurants, but also he has, uh, um, uh, he, he, he grew up, um chickens uh, yeah. uh -huh. like uh, I, I can remember how you call it when you uh you grow like you animals raise and, chickens that's that's all raise chickens <laughs> yeah so he sell it to others but also use them for his restaurant and uh, he's quite successful and uh, uh. now he has his life he has a good life uh, and um, and he's very happy right so that's this beautiful. is a yeah. typical story and at the same time there uh, the arrival of electricity solved an economical problem because the economic uh, the economics of that place is improved a lot uh, the population is not decreasing anymore uh, right. but also partially uh, it contributed to solve uh, a quite an important geopolitical issue, right? Because yeah. uh, when those people they leave their countries and they move, they create uh, 
uh, other problems. Uh, right. So it's it's a very good story and it's typical. Yeah. Uh, it's something that happened uh, to 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 young people quite commonly. They don't leave and stay in their place to build uh, their life. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. I would think that the bringing of electricity to a, a town or village would also help uh, power education, schools. Maybe they could even have uh, computers. And, uh, you know, I mean, I could see how that's a whole nother area that could, uh, where it could be really useful to the economic growth. Absolutely, area. absolutely. Uh, definitely, education is at the basis, as you said, Betsy, and as any, uh, not only economical growth, but even uh, society growth. Right. Uh, but also it's bound to, to electricity, because if you have electricity to power the, um, the school, so you can power some computer, perhaps you can power some communication, yeah. the quality of education changes, and especially right. In, in those in those countries in the Sahel, yeah. uh, what what improve a lot is the quality of life uh, of uh, the young women, right? Where they right. Uh, they get if they get an education, then uh, they 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 can um, nurture and grow the community much right. better. So when when women get education things improve uh, uh, much faster and, yeah. uh, and better and better. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I, Claudio, I've just enjoyed this discussion so much. I know our listeners are going to uh, as well. This has really been great. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful that you took the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. You know, it's uh, it's really a pleasure to 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 chat with you, Betsy. Thank Thanks you. for your question, and also it's a pleasure to communicate with your audience, with your uh, guest. And um, I'm really available for uh, for any follow up for uh, sure. from anyone that wants to know more. Okay, well, we're going to have a, an episode page and uh, on exportstoriespodcast.com and um, there people can, I'll, I'll have, uh, you know, links to your organizations and also they can pose questions. Um, we're also uh, going to post this on Facebook and LinkedIn. So, um, you know, to my audience, we're really trying to create a community of exporters here. So, you know, please let your voice be heard. Please uh, chime in and, and tell us your thoughts. So anyway, well, it was great speaking with you, Claudio. Thank you so much for being with us today. It, great, with great pleasure, Betsy. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Export Stories. Perhaps you have a good export story that you would like to share with us or a comment about today's podcast. You can send your ideas and comments to our website at exportstoriespodcast.com or to Betsy Olam on LinkedIn. Subscribe to our newsletter at exportstoriespodcast.com so we can alert you of upcoming episodes and share resources with you. 
We're building a community of export storytellers, so please share this podcast with your friends who have interest in exporting.